0: Welcome to Showtime with Coop. And today's guest is somebody that I have known for a long time. And the funny part about it is I've known him so long. I've known him so long. I had hair when we first met and I don't have hair and he still has that nice <laughs> hair. Rob Fukazaki, Channel 7, Slam Dunk. Rob, how you doing? Good, Coop. Good to see you. Listen, thank you so much for coming on the show. And I got a little gripe because when, you know, we we're doing a Slam Dunk show and the Lakers won the championship. Yes, I guess it was my bad Wi-Fi or whatever it was. I never got to say anything, so I'm going to talk a little bit about that. But first of all, are you and the family doing good and everything through these tough times?
1: Yes, we've been doing good. Thank you for asking, Coop. Uh, uh, We have a 17-month-old boy named Maverick, and he's been keeping us busy. He's been a blessing. and My wife and I, uh, um, it's sort of been the blessing in disguise being at home all the time, being able to bond with him. So, uh, yeah, family's good. Thank you. How's your family? Fantastic.
0: Okay, let's get right into it. Rob, I was doing my homework on you. <laughs> you went to Laverne College, and you were broadcaster of the year three times there. Tell us about that.
1: <laughs> well, when I was a freshman at the University of Laverne, um, I went to the banquet. It was an awards banquet for the communications department. And um as a freshman, you weren't eligible to... Uh, win these awards or to apply for the awards and my sophomore year I was very involved with the radio station and the tv station uh so I submitted some of my work for the awards and then lo and behold I ended up winning broadcaster of the year of my sophomore year and uh I figured okay I I won my sophomore year I gotta win my junior year my senior year and I ended up uh three-peating I guess you could call that
0: Oh, Pat Riley would have loved you, man. Yeah, that three people was real special. Rob, what's the difference in L.A. sports at this time as opposed to when you first got started?
1: Well, I think overall, you're not talking about the pandemic, right? You're just talking in no, general. No, no,
0: I'm just talking about the longevity of the sports in L.A.
1: Well, and from gross. my standpoint, in Los Angeles, uh, you know, a big market like this, we've been able to cover, you know, the Lakers, the Dodgers, you know, all, all of the, uh, the, the, big teams in, in LA. I don't think much has changed when it comes to, uh, covering. I think the amount of time we get within the sportscast in the newscast has, has been trimmed a lot. Um, that, that's one thing that I can tell you that has changed. Mm. Um, as far as dealing with the players and all that, um, I think the old school, uh, athlete, was a lot easier to deal with than the new school athlete. Um I'm not sure why the reasons you know you could you could take some guesses but uh, uh they were more accessible uh, back then 25 years ago than they are now. Um yeah, I I'm, I'm not sure the reasons why but uh that's probably one of the differences Um, you know, from back then, but as far as like overall, um, you know, the Dodgers have been the Dodgers, the Lakers have been the Lakers. And thankfully we've been able to cover five championships over the last 20 years with the Lakers and finally a Dodgers championship.
0: But I'm going to tell you why these guys are sucky to interview because they make too much money and they know they don't really have to.
2: (laughs) Well, I didn't want to
1: say it, Coop. I didn't want to say it. You said it.
2: And there's just so much more coverage. And so there's, there's such a larger demand for these guys, you know, for these, it used to be the entry point for media was much more diff, difficult and different than it is today. And I mean, I, I covered the Spurs for years in San Antonio. It's the same kind of thing where it's like, you know, it used to be in a way that you, guys had access and players were more open to them. But I think many of them are now kind of drawn, you know, they're, they're, they're reluctant because the media, because there's not trust as trustworthy. And, And then there's just, it's just so much, it's so much larger. There's so much more media coverage of it.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I I think that's a good point because not only do you have TV stations, radio stations, now you have, of course, online, uh, various, uh, yeah, entities. So there are so many uh, credential requests compared to the past. And I'm sure the teams have to really put a limit to it to a certain extent, but they have to let in the new generation of media, so to speak, as well as the mainstream.
0: Right. Rob, who's your favorite person to interview?
1: My favorite person to interview over the years, um, I would say Kobe was one of them. I'd say Tiger uh, would be another one. Shaq was always a lot of fun to interview. Um,
0: Where does Michael Cooper fit in there?
1: Well, you well, you, you've you been the analyst. You're, you're not
0: really like... Oh, right. oh, oh, oh I, I forget. I'm the craziest interviewer
2: you ever had.
1: Yeah.
2: <laughs> you got to stroke the no, ego, Rob. You got to stroke with, the ego.
1: Uh, what's that?
2: You got to stroke the ego. You know, you got to stroke his ego. <laughs> yeah, of
1: course. I've hey, you know, always done that. <laughs> you know, the funny thing is we've been doing our NBA shows for, I don't know. It's been close to 20 years, right? Maybe 15 yeah. years or something like that. And uh, the funny part is, he is like the nicest, funniest guy, down to earth, you know, athlete, former athlete that oh. I've known. And uh, and to think that Norm Nixon always says that you were so quiet when you were a player, and now you're just the opposite, Coop.
0: <laughs> I got a lot of things bottled up in me, man. So I got to let it out now.
2: There's no uh, way you were quiet. I mean, maybe quiet. <laughs> no, you were quiet on the court. You were getting into fights all the time. You couldn't be quiet. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I let my actions speak louder than my words, but Rob, going back to the NBA season, uh, and we've talked about this many times, but I'd like to hear it again a little bit more in depth uh, the whole process of the Lakers winning the championship in the bubble. You, would you put an asterisk on this championship as opposed to the other ones?
1: No, I, I definitely would not, just because they finished almost eighty to ninety percent of the season before the you know the pandemic hit and everything came to a uh, a standstill. And then the teams that were, you know, qualifying for the playoffs, of course, were allowed in the bubble along with the teams that were sort of on the brink of making it or not making it. And I, I think I think being in the bubble and having to deal with everything, um, the challenges, I, I think it was more tough of a season, a more challenging season. So I don't think he put an asterisk on that at all. I think if you want to put it on that, you, you make it because it was more difficult to win a championship uh, during this pandemic. I mean, there are so many challenges: being away from their families, um, just just you know being uh, secluded to the bubble, not being able to leave. Um, mentally, you, you, I'm, I'm sure a lot of people had to be mentally strong a lot more. You know, Paul George actually said that he was really effective mentally.
0: Mm-hmm. Rob, who's your favorite coach that you had to interview? The favorite coach. Favorite
1: coach? Well, in baseball, of course, they're considered managers, and I think Tommy Lasorda definitely is one of my favorites of all time. What made him
0: different? different? I know he had a lot of sayings.
1: (laughs) Oh, no. You know, Tommy was just very animated. He was uh, extremely uh, blunt and uh, fun to interview. But, you know, the thing about Tommy is he would test you because he would have he, he he wanted to make sure that you were listening, you know so when when you're a brand new guy in town and all that, and he did that to me because I was enamored because Tommy was one of my favorites growing up. I became a Dodger fan, I think because of Losoity you know he was one of the ambassadors of baseball ambassadors of the dodgers, and uh, i was I was like a young pub reporter I was you know in my first couple of years twenty six years ago, and you know i was, I remember the first time I interviewed him, I was just I'm just looking at him because I'm like, oh my God, it's Tommy Lasorda. You know, I'm not just a reporter, I'm a fan. And uh he's he's I'm asking him questions and he's saying certain things, and I just go on to the next question, and he kind of looked at me like, Did you actually even hear what I just said?
2: <laughs> you know?
1: And then I was like, I I look back at the tape and I'm like, Oh my god, you know, he was testing me. But um, yeah, I think he was definitely one of my favorites, and uh, let's see. I think, uh, recently Dave Roberts is definitely, uh, one of the, uh, real good guys in all of sports, you know, in his position that I've been able to interview Mike Sosha. He was always great, you know, when he was the Angels manager for such a long time. Um, oh, Dusty Baker. Oh, yeah. You know, when Dusty, 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 of course was unfortunately not a local guy. You know, he was always either the Giants, you know, he was, uh, um, you know, Washington, the Nationals, and of course, most recently Cubs. the Houston Astros and the Cubs. Yeah. 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 Dusty was always great. I remember going into his office at Dodger Stadium when he was in the opposing, uh, locker room and interviewing him. And, you know, he's always been a good guy, real, real, um, easy to interview, real easy to talk with. And, uh, yeah, he was, he's definitely one of my favorites as well. Um, when you talk about universally, Phil Jackson was, was, uh, he, he was, It was fun to interview, but yet you know, very cerebral. You know, he 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 had a little dry sense of humor at times. Uh, Pat Riley, (laughs) yeah, and you mentioned you mentioned baseball
2: announcer, baseball managers. You mentioned baseball managers. You know, you mentioned Sochi, you mentioned Lasorda, so. it seems like you're more influenced by baseball managers as opposed to coaches. Why? I'm wondering about that too. Like, why? why well,
1: I think overall, if you ask me what my favorite sport is, I would say baseball. baseball. Yeah. Um, baseball is definitely my favorite. Of course, I like all the major sports. I grew up in Hawaii, so uh, hockey wasn't a big thing for me um, because you know, <laughs> hockey in Hawaii. I don't know. That doesn't really match. <laughs> but um, <clears throat> yeah, definitely. Almost as bad hockey- as
2: hockey in LA. I guess. I'm just kidding. <laughs>
1: Dodgers, <laughs> Lakers, uh, Rams were my teams when I was growing up, but baseball was always my favorite. Dodgers were always, uh, number one in, in my heart. But, um, yeah, I, I guess I mentioned more baseball. Uh, Dodgers have had quite a few managers over the years, uh, stability right now, finally with, uh, Dave Roberts, but let's see, other sports. Who yeah, mentioned
2: like, Pat Riley before I cut you off? So I'm sorry about well, that. No,
1: well, Pat Riley, I, of course, I wasn't, I wasn't here during the Showtime era. But uh, I did. Pat- what you weren't? I'm not that old, cool Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> no, but actually, I did interview Pat Riley in Hawaii. He was there uh, doing um, a speech, you know, motivational speaking at uh, at this event. And after he was done, I got to interview him just to say a few words in Waikiki.
0: Wow, Rob, do you think the city would benefit? If we got some of these teams out of here, you got the Dodgers and the Angels. Well, the Angels down in Orange County. You have the Lakers and the Clippers. And again, the Clippers are moving to Inglewood, which is about what four miles from from where we are right now. Then yeah. you have the Ducks and the Kings, uh, 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 Chargers, the Rams. And the Rams. And the Chargers. Yeah. Do you think they should be moved around a little bit and <laughs> separated? What do you mean move around? put somebody in Riverside put
2: Who somebody in teams. <laughs> oh I thought you meant different cities I thought you were saying move the Clippers back to San Diego <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh it's Los Angeles Coop. that's that's what everybody wants they want the Los Angeles yeah. label of course they want to be here well, I don't know if anybody what? wants to move
0: you cut the fans up too thin like that you know But I, I, uh, again speaking about the Clippers what do you think they need to do to win next season
1: well, I thought hiring Tyron Lue was a safe choice. It was a, a choice that I don't think I would have gone that way. I would have gone in a different direction because he was part of Doc Rivers' staff. Um, you always want to maybe do something fresh. Remember when Jerry West came in, you know, he broke up Lob City. You know, DeAndre Jordan, Chris Paul, and uh, Blake Griffin no longer are Clipper. And then they rebuilt. They, they got the two big free agents and came in. Um, I think they need a point guard. Kawhi Leonard has said that he would like a, a, a prototypical point guard. Uh, Patrick Beverly is an adequate point guard, but he's more of a physical defensive presence. Uh, I think they could use that. Um, but overall, I think they have the bench. I think they have the strongest bench in all of uh, the NBA. Uh, I think, uh, Zubots has gotten a lot better. I, I think they have the pieces, Coop. I think they need that point guard. But after the season was over, we find out that there was all this, you know, uh, there was, there was a little controversy. Uh, people were, you know, weren't very happy with the uh, Kawhi Leonard's treatment, you know, preferential treatment and all that. And, uh, little did we know all this was going on until after the season. Um, so obviously chemistry is a very, very important key that they need. We saw the Lakers have really good chemistry this past season and, uh, they had less of a bench, but yet they won the, they won the championship. Yeah. I mean, it, it shows the
2: importance of that too. You know, I mean, Coop, we, we talk about a ton, the, you know, the, the Clippers didn't look like they were a team that you could tell that there was a fract there was a fracture in that locker room.
1: Yeah, totally. I mean, I I think if you even look at at uh, this Dodgers team, I mean, the chemistry that they've had over yeah. the last 3 4 years, you know, they got to the World Series in eight, 17 18 and uh, of course won it this year. And you look at the um the key components of that team, I mean, everybody got along so well. So chemistry is definitely a key. I thought they had the chemistry, but You know, as you watch this team over the last uh, couple weeks of the season when they lost the 3-1 lead to Denver, um, you kind of saw a little things with Montrezl Harrell. You saw a few things with Paul George. Uh, Paul George was not consistent when he was in the bubble. Um, Definitely they need to uh, get consistency, at at least out of their two stars.
0: Uh, Rob, what do you think about the statement that LeBron said about A.D.? about him passing the team over to him, and he'll take a back seat. What are your thoughts about that?
1: Well, LeBron, obviously, he he has shown that in his 17th season, he can still play like he's in the prime of his career. Um, I think LeBron can do whatever he wants. I mean, obviously, they are the best one-two punch in the NBA right now, maybe the best since Kobe and Shaq. I mean, would you agree to that, Coop?
2: Coop, Coop, he froze up. He froze on us. What a stern face he's got. Cool. That's a, that's a hilarious face to be frozen on.
1: <laughs> By the way, did you see the Walker Bueller thing yesterday on SportsCenter? <laughs> I did not, no. Oh, you didn't? Oh, okay. No. no. Well, they were interviewing Walker Bueller there in a split screen with the SportsCenter anchor, and... uh <laughs> The anchor goes on to talk about Justin Turner. And you know, of course the players aren't going to say anything bad about their teammate, you know, so they're asking about, yeah, I came out on the field again. Yeah, he wasn't wearing a mask at times. And what do you think about that? And Walker Buehler's face was frozen. Then right after the guy said the question about Justin Turner, phew, lost connection. <laughs> it was the perfect timing, perfect whether timing. he did that on purpose or right. not, or if it I don't was. Know. But right. A perfect, yeah, time He's like
2: yanking. <laughs> <Yeah. out. laughs>
1: or he had his finger right on the switch. Bam. What? I'm sorry.
2: <laughs> Coop's got your bomb back. That's funny.
1: Is is Coop back? Coop he was are you for, back.
2: He was for a second.
1: Coop, this is like games. This is uh, like the final clinching game uh, for the Lakers. He his audio just kept going out during that show.
2: <laughs> That's what he was saying.
1: I know. <laughs> I felt so bad because every time you started talking and two, three seconds in, boom, it's gone.
2: And it's so frustrating. I work in sports talk radio, so I've been, you know, have guests on um, that, you know, you're talking to them and it's like they say something and then they go and it's so frustrating.
1: Oh yeah. Well, I mean, this is, this is our new norm right now. And yeah. you know, you totally. watch all the, uh, the, you know, the shows on ESPN and they're going in and out here yeah. and there. You know? so. it's,
2: it's, it's crazy.
1: <laughs> so where do you do your uh, sports talk?
2: So I, um, I mentioned I was in San Antonio. I was, I was in San Antonio for about six and a half years, covered the Spurs. I got to see the beginning of Kawhi Leonard's, you know, his rise.
1: Oh yeah. Covered the, the finals,
2: the Spurs finals for uh-huh. you know, the Miami. And then I, so I've been in Dallas now for about two and a half years. I do the, do Sirius XM, uh, Big 12 radio oh, okay. in college. And then I do the Cowboys. I do the pre and post game show on the radio for the Cowboys on the Cowboys radio network.
1: Oh, how so, is that going this year? <laughs> <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah no <laughs> not well <laughs>
1: i know i know but you know they're they're what a half game out of first place
2: <laughs> yeah and it's i mean it's it's a point right now where it's like you'd almost rather they get a top pick and maybe go in a different direction to quarterback or something it's crazy it's
1: so how well, do you thanks, guys oh there you are
2: <laughs> yeah no so i'm also working with his podcast network and uh, out of boston and um and so coop you know coop got cut connected with them and he was starting this podcast, and he had some other guy that he was going to co-host it with, and I was like, well, this is what I do for a living, so I'll Uh-oh. do it with you because you're freaking Michael Cooper, but, and that'll be really cool.
0: <laughs> now that I'm back, Rob, we're going to end the show with your own Coop Lightning, Coop's lightning round, okay? I got lightning. five names I'm going to give you. Give me a little bit about each person, okay? Chick Hearn.
1: Chick Hearn, the best. Chicky Baby and Chickisms, I love Chick, uh, he was always so nice to me and uh, one of my all-time favorites. Bob Miller. Bob Miller, my favorite hockey announcer and also one of the nicest men you will ever meet. I remember one time talking to him during the uh, Stanley Cup finals in the break room uh, during one of the intermissions. And I could not believe how down-to-earth just so nice he was. I mean, you know, he's asking me about my life and all this and that. And I'm like, you're Bob Miller. Bob Miller. And you you have to go do the third period in, like, two minutes. But he was just so nice. Wow. Just one of the best. Uh, Vince Scully. Vince Scully, my all-time favorite – I listened to Vince Kelly since I was a kid. Uh, I grew up in Hawaii. My family moved from Los Angeles to Hawaii when I was just a little boy. Wow. And uh, I listened to the Dodgers in Hawaii because the, one of the radio networks in Hawaii carried the Dodgers package. So every game I would be listening, my ear glued to the radio, listening to Vinny, Jerry Doggett, and Ross Porter. And uh always told my mom. My mom still remembers to this day. When I told her, when I was nine years old, I said, I want to be just like Vince Scully when I grew up. Um, recently I got to do an interview with Vinny. It was, uh, when he was doing his, his auction with all of his personal items. I'm not sure if you heard about that. And, uh, I did, I did an interview just like this from his, from his living room. It was, it was an exclusive one-on-one thing and it was the greatest thing of my life. I mean, just even though I wasn't sitting right next to him, it was doing it like this. It was probably my favorite interview of all time.
0: Wow, Tiger Woods.
1: Tiger Woods. You know, Tiger is actually a pretty quiet guy when it comes to interviews and all that. Uh, he doesn't really open up. Um, he's been through so much uh, over the years. You know, the big uh, scandal, controversy really affected his life and not only his career. But after all this has happened, his injuries, he, his back surgeries and all that, I've interviewed him a few times after all this has happened compared to his heyday when he was winning all the time he has really opened up uh he no longer has that that wall up and uh it's really nice to see that he can really just you know um show his raw emotions during interviews and all that and and uh, and, and not you know just just be sort of still and uh and reserved
0: Okay, I'm going to throw two names at you, and I hope I I don't mispronounce them too bad. Bono and Masunaru. Musashimaru. Yeah. That's great (laughs) Japanese.
1: Akebono and Musashimaru. Okay, so those are two uh, sumo wrestlers, former sumo wrestlers, uh, some of the greatest of all time in Japan, and they happen to be from Hawaii. Uh, At at the time, uh, 30 years ago, there was a stream of sumo wrestlers coming from Hawaii and Akebono was the grand champion is what you call um, uh, the grand champion is the highest ranking that you can get in sumo. So he was just, you know, he was like a superstar in Japan. I went there to uh, do a special on Akebono and also Konishiki and Musashimaru, who were the two high, high-ranking wrestlers as well. Akibono, the highest ranking. And he was like a god in Japan. It was unbelievable to watch. When we followed him around, it, it, people just wanted to touch him because they feel like if they touch him, it's good luck. Uh, people used to bring their sick babies to him thinking that he could cure their baby. I wow. mean, that, they literally thought you know, he was he was looked upon as like a god in Japan. It was just uh, an amazing experience uh, when we went there to, to do this special, just to see how everyone, it, it, it's, it's like, un, like any other type of sport that I've seen here as far as how um, the superstar is treated. Not only are they a superstar in the sport, they're just revered, you know, just to the highest level.
0: Hey, Rob, uh, listen, we want to thank you so much. But before we go, come on, tell us a little bit about your foundation and how we can be involved. Oh,
1: thanks, Coop. And you've been a great supporter of the foundation. I thank you for that. Well, my foundation is called the Heads Up Youth Foundation. It's a nonprofit that I started about 23 years ago. And, uh, and primarily to help the, um, the kids in Southern California that need help. We have various programs that we've worked with throughout the years. Uh, one of the uh, mainstays has been um, our foster youth program where uh, kids come out of the foster youth programs in Los Angeles and if they're going to college. We we pick about four to five each year and then we provide them with a scholarship and we track them. We follow them throughout the college career. If they continue to uh, meet the requirements, uh, we continue our scholarships with them as long as they can stay in school and meet the requirements. And we've had all kinds of different uh, projects and, uh, events like uh, shoe events for uh, elementary schools. Everybody gets shoes, brand new shoes, uh, backpacks. And uh, we felt different shelters over the years during the pandemic as, as well. Even though we can't go to schools and see kids in person and all that, uh, my wife was the executive director of the foundation. She has um, been able to work with an organization to get books to kids at their homes because if the parents wow. can't afford the books, we can get them free books, brand new books. And, uh, and so those are just a few of the things that we've done over the years. Uh, it's really, it's really done uh well because we've had a lot of support and, and we're so grateful for the support that we get that allows us to, to do all this. And, uh, We're very, very thankful,
0: Coop. Thank you. Rob, you know what? I got your information. I'm going to get it out to our listeners. Again, thank you so much, Rob. And you know what? My internet is allergic to you because it's only happening with you. Rob, thank you so much for coming on Showtime with Coop. Thank you, thank you, thank you, sir.
1: Thanks, Coop. And I just want to end with an impersonation of you. (laughs)
0: oh you've got jokes (laughs) bye rob (laughs)
1: good to meet you be well you too thank you
2: take care